Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for another Benny J bonus interview brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. Bonus time on the Ben Drosky Show as I speak. It's Wednesday, October 19, 2022. Here's a headline uh, in the New York Times. Give you a sense of what is going on in the world uh, as I begin this conversation with my distinguished guest who's waiting on deck to come on. A Russia analyst behind dossier wins acquittal. Igor Danchenko, an analyst to provide most of the research for the notorious dossier of unproven assertions and rumors about former President Trump and Russia, was acquitted on four counts of lying to the FBI about the sources. And boy, this is just like deja vu, because when I first began speaking on a microphone several years ago, when I was working for a radio station, which at the moment I cannot remember their call letters, but maybe my distinguished guest will help me with that. Uh, when I was first <laughs> working, uh, at that radio station, this was in the news. Mm. The dossier that the FBI and uh, the Steele Group and Hillary Clinton had put on Trump and the, what, what was Trump up to when he was in Moscow back in the day? And uh, did he uh, have, uh, what was it, prostitutes urinate on him or did he urinate on the prostitutes? I can't remember what was in that, uh, that <laughs> secret hidden file. Yeah, I'm getting it all reversed because of the dyslexia kicking in. One, one, one was urinating on the other. And Donald Trump, of course, says, not true, not true. That's my really bad Donald Trump imitation. And we would talk about that on the show because Donald Trump, like, did a counterpunch. Like, there's something sinister, nefarious about Hillary Clinton and uh, the deep state, kind of relevant to what I'm going to be talking about with my distinguished guests. Uh, so anyway, one thing led to another. A prosecutor was uh, put to the case to try to find some nefarious person that they could throw in jail to somehow or other justify Donald Trump's claims that the deep state was involved uh, with in persecuting him. And guess what, folks? They didn't have anything. The guy got acquitted. One, one more strike against Donald Trump. He just makes the stuff up as he goes along, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? I'll thank you, Donald Trump, because you gave me something to talk about on those early days at that radio station. Without, all right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest, as I do with all distinguished guests, to introduce himself. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, I'm Damien Demonology Purdue, host of Think Theory Radio, also a local graffiti artist, ex-hip-hop lyricist and producer, and a child of Chicago. Yes. And the reason I uh, mentioned that uh, radio station that many years ago, uh, Damien worked at the station uh, and was a producer. And many was the time I would turn to Damien. I need a guess. Come on, D. I call him Dr. Dog. <laughs> Do you know why I call him Dr. Dog? Just made it up. <laughs> I need you. I need you. Drag him into the studio. Throw him down. Let's let's talk whatever. Okay. And uh what a great guest uh, you were, Damien. And also, uh, back in the day, in the early, early days, when I had Ben Jarofsky Theater, uh -huh. uh, a regular, doing all your accents, Irish accent, Chicago accent, hip-hop accent. Am I forgetting? And you. I was you. Remember? Oh, yeah. Do me. Oh, man. <laughs> all I had to do was say, oh, man, right. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. Oh, Lord. Anyway, it's like a mini uh, WCPT reunion because uh, uh, Chris Shragi is the producer of this particular episode. So, and he uh, he was working at the station as well, as was Dr. Oh, yeah. uh, on paternity. All right. Um, I reached out to Damien. I hadn't uh, talked to Damien in a, in a while. And then I just want to give a shout out here 
uh, Damien's uh, mom, who was very, very kind to me and my wife uh, when she worked at uh, uh, the Reader, uh, she passed on and there was a memorial service of this Saturday. Uh, and, uh, and I went to the memorial service. I saw Damien, we started talking. I go, I got to bring you back in the show. Uh, yeah. uh, to take the deep dive. I really want to talk conspiracy theories and QAnon with you. Um, but uh, let's just give a little shout out to your mom and your dad. Uh, yeah, my mom, Mary Jo Madden, and my dad, Gerald R. Purdue, they were the coolest parents you could ever have. And it's there, we're even just legendary amongst their peers and amongst my peers. Uh, a lot of you probably saw a lot of neighborhood cats that came through. Uh, they were kind of also the parents of other kids in the neighborhood and just. Uh, just really great people, activists, artists. Uh, I was a, a child of the Chicago Reader. You know, I, I was, me and my brother were, my brother Devlin, we were little kids running around the, the Reader offices back in the day. I mean, I think we were the only ones that I remember, at least in the 80s and early 90s. I didn't remember seeing any other kids and we were running around. I was there in the old uh, the offices when they used to be on Grandin State. And then over on Illinois, and uh, yeah, so I was one of the I was a reader rug rat, but uh, my mom was great. You know, she did a lot. You know, she everything from fundraising for the Black Panthers on to working with abused women's shelters later on in life. Uh, classifieds editor for years at the Reader and became general manager for a while. And uh, my dad was an abstract artist, and they're just I couldn't have asked for better parents ever. Uh, and so on last Saturday uh, in uh, on Milwaukee Avenue at a gallery on Milwaukee Avenue, uh, there was uh, many of your dad's works were on the walls. Uh, there was food served and there was just like this really good, gen, uh, genuine, and I'm just going to say, use this word for lack of a better word, like a hippie vibe mm -hmm. uh, and uh, all the, and all the best uh, meanings of that word, what it means to me, just like peace and love and just uh, yeah. tolerance. Uh, it was very moving in many ways. Just go around and 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 the, the tribute your mom wrote for the reader when she left. Uh, the little profile yeah. was was awesome. Brought back a lot of memories of her. Uh, what she said, you know, the sex therapists, uh, anarchists who uh, picnic, uh, the new trucker. You know, those were my people. On that, you know, that paragraph summed up a lot of who she was. Absolutely, and it sums up what the reader was back in the day. Uh, mm -hmm. Everything changes, everything evolves, things go in a different direction. Chicago is, in many ways, vastly different than it was uh, back in 1971 when the reader was created, uh, and in the 1980s uh, when your mom was working there. Uh, she was sort of like the HR person at the reader. Mm -hmm. Like Even a hippie alternative newspaper needs an HR person because <laughs> forms to fill out and i'd be always calling mary joe i don't know what to do i just form and she goes calm down <laughs> i'll leave you <laughs> uh, but uh, mary, yeah, was, uh one of the i forget who it was one of the writers came up to me at the memorial and said you know they laid him off i think in 07 or something and it, you know my mom was the one who had to do it and he was like you know you couldn't have asked for a nicer person to fire you <laughs> she was just because that's you know she didn't want to do it and you know she was just compassionate and could talk to people i mean i think that was why she was kind of the de facto hr because she knew how to talk to people <laughs> you know yeah. um but yeah yeah, yeah, and uh, now, of course, by 07, uh, the reader was changing, and the old ownership had sold it to a new ownership that was soon went bankrupt. So, no need to re redo that history, as horrible as it was. And uh, and your mom left the reader not uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, mm -hmm. So, anyway, I was happy to pay my tributes to, to the great Mary Jo Madden. I did not know your dad, uh, Damien, but I paid my tributes to him as well. Appreciate that. He was he was a great man. So you would have loved him. He liked your show too. He was a big uh, big fan of of your show on the station that will not be named. <laughs> it's still dramatic. But you know the thing is, I I say that. I mean, the producer today's show, Chris. I met him at that station. My yep. partner in crime, who's on paternity league, Doctor D, met him at that station. Uh, Damien met him at yep. that station. Scotty Duff met him at that station. Tony O met him at that. These are people who are friends of mine that I really loved. I met him at the station. So I got nothing but love for the people who worked at the station with the 
couple of exceptions uh, who will remain nameless. Uh, uh, but uh, it was a and uh, it was a really uh, good time. Uh, and it was fun talking on the mic back in those days. All right, I'm yeah. still talking on the mic. And um, uh, Damien has a show on WCPT, which airs on Saturdays. And um, he takes a deep dive in all kinds of issues, all kinds of themes, uh, theories, and thoughts uh, that don't normally get uh, aired uh, anywhere, definitely mm -hmm. on radio. Uh, and they put him in the Saturday slot. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, but whatever. At least they let him. Well, I'm lucky I'm not, not on at midnight, which probably would yeah, be wherever they would want to put me. But it, yeah, <laughs> it's midnight. There is no midnight on that. Midnight, that's okay. It would be like. <laughs> that's 6, PM, 6 p.m. is the midnight at CPT. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> CPT has this uh, strange uh system over here where they close down when the sun falls i mean it's like a weird mm -hmm. thing but i i have uh, i have w long wanted to have the conversation with you maybe this will be the first of many i don't know if we can get everything in in one conversation uh damien you've been following uh the bizarre world that's my word of um uh, conspiracy theories for a long time and uh it is now at the stage in american politics where i will make this claim and uh, if you can refute it, if you want, but um, where the QAnon conspirators probably have more influence, politically speaking, than any other like, conspiracy community. I'll just call it a conspiracy community in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, I, I may remember uh, the John Birch Society from back mm -hmm. in the 50s and the 60s, 60s yeah. you know, and they're a far right wing uh, outfit and they had an impact on uh, Ronald Reagan to a degree and Richard Nixon to a degree. But nothing like QAnon where Donald Trump uh gave a speech i forget which i think it may have been in Phil pennsylvania and they started doing the QAnon sign and uh, he was mm -hmm. appealing to them uh, and Don donald trump is the number one figure in the republican party let's not kid ourselves um, yeah i mean I would, mm -hmm. I would just say though i mean i agree I, I only would slightly disagree in that there's been i think that the the difference is the QAnon has like a specific kind of name and and probably the difference would be that trump as far as i could say would probably be the first like conspiracy theorist president um but you still had these kind of forms of what QAnon was it's a lot of it just is like the religious right and they're just um you know what the satanic panic of the 80s uh you know the different forms that it takes throughout the last hundred years um QAnon is the, the most modern version all right we'll take the uh, that deep dive but before you do i just need you to just elaborate a little bit on that point you made uh, trump is the first conspiracy theory president what do you mean by that uh, i think he's the as far as i can tell he's the first one to embrace um kind of extremist conspiracy theories and propagate them talk about them as if they're fact uh first one to recognize them i mean i think you know the closest you could come which is not even really that close uh, i think was um uh the uh now his, his name escapes me but the, the president who was the the one who talked about the uh, military industrial complex oh, back in uh, uh, President Eisenhower on yes. his way out of office after eight years in office as he was leaving office <laughs> it was not like he said this every day when he was he gave a very right. exactly right and he you know and he mentioned something about you know there was the new world order but he was referring to like the Nazis and stuff but um, Trump would be the first one to really fully embrace something I mean you never saw you know Reagan or Clintons get up there and talk about you know William Cooper and behold a pale horse or you know uh, or even some president who would you know like the John Birch Society there was never any president who spoke about them as if they were you know gospel right where I think Trump is the first one to do that mm. uh, okay and uh, and then of course assailing the notion of objective journalism by uh, a raging war, metaphorically anyway, rhetorically, against the uh, the press, the media, uh, yeah. fake news. 
So he essentially blew up the notion that there is an objective standard of truth uh, and just uh, asserted the idea that truth is ever what is whatever he's saying at that very moment, even if it contradicts what he said the day before or an hour before. I mean, Alex Jones is the master of that. Alex Jones will literally say something at one o'clock and then at one o three deny that he said whatever he said at <laughs> one and do it with unbelievable assurance. Like, of course, you know. Yeah. Then he'll try to sell you Survivor gear. You want to buy this Survivor gear? We got. Well, that's about the one thing he will assert always, uh, he, he promoting his uh, his wares. But uh, so I believe there's a connection between Donald Trump denying that there's an objective reality of truth and the emergence of QAnon. So let's talk about QAnon a little bit. That's on my mind these days. Um, when did you be, first become aware of the QAnon movement? Uh, it was right around the time of... Um Trump running for presidency was 2016. And uh, I think it was, it was around that time. I don't think it, I don't think QAnon had fully started yet, but there was um, on these message boards like 4chan and 8chan, uh, different Anons, like there was CIA Anon, there was FBI Anon, there was a White House insider Anon, and these different handles that people used and were supposedly dropping all this, you know, insider information and stuff that, you know, people don't want you to know. And, you know, oh, I was an ex CIA officer and I know this is what's really happening. Um, and then QAnon started to emerge around, I think, 2017, although I could be wrong on the, the specific date, but uh, it, it kind of coincided. I think Pizzagate had a lot to do with the the same people, the same type of people that QAnon was targeting. Pizzagate was like almost like a precipitator, like a like a test to see if it would work. And you know, Pizzagate has a lot of similar kind of uh, results and patterns that QAnon drops would have. Where you know, originally the whole Pizzagate thing was started by uh, kind of uh, spam, like a robot. Uh, handles right these these bots and it really didn't get picked up until i believe it was a woman in in kansas i think was where she was or missouri somewhere down there and it was like this cat lady like this older cat lady who found it on some one of these you know four chan or eight chan and started to post it now that the bot had somebody real posting this conspiracy theory it gained traction, you know, because now other people would say, oh, well, this is actually linked, you know, this is somebody real posting this, this is something real that's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that whole thing led to someone going into, was it Comet Pizza, I think it was called, and went into Comet Pizza and tried to shoot it up, you know, so it's very similar to what starts happening with, you know, QAnon and eventually the, you know, the Capitol riots. Um, you know, these kind of, you know, targeting extremists and people who are, you know, uh, kind of lone wolf types, you know, incels and everything. And, and just, you know, people who are kind of like in the, in the, in the dark in their room, looking on the internet and trying to look, search for something. And, um, I think that's who, who QAnon started targeting. Uh, and it was really on HN that it took you know, really started to gain momentum. And they were supposedly doing these drops, you know, by Q. No one knows who Q is. And he's, you know, there were different theories on what Q meant, you know, is Q uh, that's supposed to be this high level clearance code for a Pentagon official. Some people even said, no, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, from Q from Star Trek. Uh, there's you know, so these different theories uh, that Q is actually Trump himself. Um, but, Either way, it's basically was just somebody doing the whole Anon thing and, and saying that they had all these uh, kind of uh, almost prophetic type things. You know, they would say, well, this is going to happen, you know, and and they started to prop Trump up as this kind of savior um, against the evil cabal of satanic pedophiles that are the, the Democrats and other, uh, you know, corporate oligarchs or whoever else. And uh, you know, they would do these drops, but I, if you really go back and look at them, like 99% of them never actually happened. Um, but then they would get people to keep going because they would just say, oh, well, that was a red herring. And you have to, like, look past that. And that was just a part of the clue. And, you know, it's not really what, you know, what was 
exactly what was supposed to happen, but he dropped a clue in there and you got to follow that to the next one. And, you know, um, but a lot of it, it's, you know, if we get, you know, we can keep going to QAnon, but if you look at any of these conspiracy theories, where you know, you could go back to the 1500s, the 1800s, the 1900s, to the 2000s, the flat earth, uh, QAnon, you know, wherever you want to go, uh, you know, the protocols, elders of Zion, they all have a biblical core. Um, and that's kind of how they garner people is with this kind of religious notion of the end of times and, uh, you know, dividing people amongst these religions. And, and it all has to, it all, you know, you, on the surface, it could be political, it could be these social, but if you always dig down to the root core, it's always something biblical. Why, why, why is that? Does that uh, biblical roots give it some kind of authenticity? Uh, I think, for the, yeah. I mean, I think for the people that they're targeting, mm-hmm. um, it, it totally does. I mean, I think, it, I think it's a twofold thing. I think you're targeting religious right, right? The Christian um, conservatives who, you know, really believe, you know, the Bible to be super factual. Um, even though none of any of this is even in the Bible, but if they convince people who probably haven't really even read most of the Bible, that this is something religious, it's something, you know, like there's, okay, for example, they would relate Trump to, uh, to, uh, Cyrus, like who was like the, like this, um, leader in, uh, Persia or somewhere, but he was this ruthless, you know, warlord king, but he, you know, um, had some kind of biblical epiphany and and so they kind of relate trump to him because it's like well you have to look at you know he's like uh um he's a wolf right he's 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 doing god's work even though he's not a perfect vessel right like god picks imperfect vessels to do his bidding um so they create this kind of savior like aura around trump and that's how, you know, a lot of people start following him because they truly believe that he's actually going after some evil satanic cabal. Uh, and the, the flip side of it is I think that why all of these conspiracy theories work and why even religion to a degree works and, and even uh, sci-fi or something like that is people can't accept chaos. You know, they can't accept chaos in the universe. They can't accept chaos in the world. There has to be a reason behind it. There has to be you know, why did this, you know, um, you know, why are kids being kidnapped or why is, you know, why are immigrants coming in? Whatever the reason is, whatever wars we're in, there has to be some reason for it. It just can't be random occurrences. So to utilize, uh, you know, biblical texts, you know, end of times and stuff like that, you can make people believe that all of this is, is planned. And why Trump? Now, I, I hear you. He's, you said imperfect vessel. Well, he is uh, exhibit A of an imperfect vessel. He's a grifter. He's a womanizer. Mm-hmm. He's allegedly a rapist. Uh, he is a tax cheat. Uh, he swindles his, the people that go to work for him as a businessman. Yep. His pr- guiding principle uh, is to st- not, not pay the people that he said he was going to pay so that they have to accept less. Mm-hmm. Uh, in every way you look at it, uh, he is the model of imperfection. He'd be the counter of what you would want your child to be if you were a person of like value. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You had the virtues that uh, middle America claims they have, that the Republican Party claims they represent. So why this man of all <laughs> the possible candidates in the universe? Uh, because of the populism aspect of him, you know, because he is an outsider, uh, he doesn't have direct ties to other politicians or other political parties, even though he ran as a Republican. Um, but I mean, you could trace back, I've, I've seen interviews where he praised Hillary Clinton when she was running, you know, um, so he doesn't really care. Obviously we know that, but it's, uh, the, the people that follow him truly believe him to be this outsider, you know, and because, 
you know, because he doesn't come from any political family, any kind of dynasty, any kind of connection. You know, if you look at every other president, I mean, Obama's tied to the Clintons. Bush is obviously tied to his family. Uh, Reagan is tied to the Bushes. You can go on and on and on. I mean, even, you know, somebody like Jimmy Carter had political backgrounds, had ties, you know, you can't really find anyone in the last hundred years that wasn't such an outsider as Trump. Well, I would argue that Jimmy Carter uh, was far more of an outsider than Donald Trump. Well, he probably was the closest. Yeah, but he he wasn't. Donald Trump never served office, never ran for office, ran for president. Jimmy Carter ran successfully for governor of Georgia. But Jimmy Carter was such I mean, I remember so well. uh, He was such an outsider coming into the Democratic Party. He even distanced himself from the politics of the Democratic Party. He was uh, but there was no nothing remotely uh, comparable has arisen around Jimmy Carter. You know what I mean? There's not a group that worship him as the savior against, what would you call them? A satanic cult, uh, a satanic cabal of child molesters. That's yeah. um, I mean, that's truly what they believe. A lot of them, Um, especially, I can't say all Trump supporters believe that, but I definitely believe QAnon followers believe that. And you know, but a cool thing about if you want to get a little conspiracy theory and a little fringy with Jimmy Carter is uh, he's the only president to have utilized a psychic and actually found a Russian downed Russian aircraft with the psychic and one of the few presidents who supposedly saw a UFO. So there, <laughs> and then we get into the whole Reagan conspiracy with the hostages and stuff like that. And, well, know, I, will, I, will, I will push back just a bit. You're right. He may be the only president that saw a psychic. Uh, I'm, I'm not actually familiar with before the 20th century. So I can't say that for sure. But uh, Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy, routinely mm-hmm. uh, had sessions with a psychic astrologer and she would do the readings. And then Nancy would go tell Ronald, the president, based on the readings, do X, Y, Z. It was probably the soundest advice he was getting at the time throughout his presidency. <laughs> saying, like she was the one who preached through her psychic uh, or astrologer that yeah. pursued detente with the Soviets. So I like to thank that astrologer right now. Uh, <laughs> It was advisor. So, uh, but uh, all right, uh, I'll push aside my uh, uh, attraction to that conversation about Jimmy Carter and the UFO and and go back to QAnon because it's probably a little more relevant for the moment. Uh, So, a couple things I just need you to help uh, define uh, for some of our listeners who may not know them 8chan, 4chan. What are those? 8chan, C H A N, and 4chan. Go ahead. Yeah, their message boards originally, uh, 4chan was the original one, um, and 8chan was kind of a spinoff, and, and 8chan started in 2013, I think it was 2013 or 2017, um, as this kind of no-holds-barred spinoff of 4chan, even though both of them are very kind of uh, fringy, you know, like you could post anything on there, you know, ultimate freedom of speech type forums and message boards, you know, anything from, like we said, astrology, UFOs to conspiracy theories. Uh, but then there was tons of, you know, uh, pornography, um, uh, you know, anti-Semitism, white supremacism, like, you know, it, anything goes on these, on these message boards. And HN is the one that really kind of spawned the QAnon movement if you want to call it a movement or whatever and uh there's a lot of people that believe that the person who the it wasn't the founder the founder of hm was a dude named frederick brennan um, but then he eventually gave up ownership to a jim watkins and then his son ron watkins who a lot of people believe are actually QAnon. Um, and at least maybe they didn't start it, but they maintained it. Um, there's even been like linguistic experts who have looked at, for lack of a better word, tweet or messages from the Watkins and messages of QAnon, and they've matched the linguistic style. And, you know, through that and, and just other things, other 
statements or messages that either one of those guys have left are very similar to a lot of what QAnon said. And, you know, and if you look at Jim Watkins, like his history is just kind of weird in itself. He was a ex army helicopter repairman. Um, he was like basically like peddling porn and all kind of stuff from the late nineties. Uh, he set up like a Japanese porn website back in the late nineties. Uh, he lived, he moved to Manila, Philippines in 2001, pretty much been living there since then. And he's has all these weird companies and startups that he's done like a pig farm. Um, he has a bunch of other like online businesses that really kind of, seen like shell companies like some don't really make any sense but they have like employees so it's just like like shady businesses around this guy right and it seems that either either they started it or once QAnon took off they took over for it you know and it seems i mean i don't think they really make money from it but i think with them it's more of like uh fame kind of thing or some kind of delusional power that they get from it. So when they would do a, whoever was behind it, a posting, uh, would they sign it QAnon Q? In other words, yeah. how would you know what was the real deal? <laughs> I have that in quotes, the real <laughs> quotes, because none of it's real. Uh, but how could you, how would a follower be able to ascertain the, ah, oh, this is the life force that I must be following. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it would be Q or QAnon. Um, I think the style of the writing is very cryptic, and people would you know, which I think also brings people in. You know, it's like I was talking about my you know my chaos theory. Um, anything fantastical uh, can really rope people in, um, especially if you involve you know kind of uh, you know like I said biblical stuff or supernatural things. I think this is something that. Um, for a lot of humans, we were drawn to, I mean, if you think of, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to rag on religious people, but if you look at every religion, if you, if you took away the aspect of tradition and God from it, it's, it's like a sci-fi story. It's like the supernatural being created the universe and somebody walked on water and somebody gave birth, a virgin gave birth, or somebody heard God in a burning bush. And, you know, like the list goes on and on with these kind of supernatural um, stories and QAnon, you know, kind of fed into that, but in a, in a political way, you know, and um, now for what end, I don't really know. I don't know if, this was just done as a, you know, some kind of foreign entity trying to undermine American society, or was it some covert operations, some psychological operations conducted by maybe some faction of our own government? I don't know, but uh, you know, or is it just done because these guys are get get off on it? You know, they just get off on people believing in the queue. You know, which I could believe it's like a cult. You know, if you think about why do cult leaders start cults, you know, because they get off on the power. Yeah, the adoration. I think that's where Donald Trump is right now. Um, exactly. And that, that's why I think, too, it's like he parallels QAnon so well because of, you know, it's almost like you can kind of tell whoever's behind QAnon doesn't really care about what they're saying and trump doesn't really care about what he's saying but he gets off on the power right mm -hmm. like i mean i think if 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 we went back in time and he was able to do this as a democrat he would have did it and his rhetoric would be a, a totally different spiel you know as long as he gained the, the followers and the, and the power from it yeah i uh i can't imagine him doing it as a democrat uh, because it seems to me at um, at the base, uh, Donald Trump is most concerned about making money uh, and not paying taxes. So everything kind of goes from there. If you take a look at his worldview uh, as such, uh, how can I make money, uh, the most amount of money? How can I uh, pay the least amount of taxes? And uh, and then what is necessary to obtain those two goals? I'm not quite sure you can obtain those goals as readily as uh, a Democrat 
Um, Maybe, but I mean, you have to think about all the, you know, corporatist Democrats there are and neoliberals. I mean, we could talk about Rahm Emanuel as a Democrat, but he was the biggest, you know, uh, corporatist there was and gave all kind of tax breaks and TIF money to corporations and everything. Um, so I, I, I personally don't hold the I don't give the Democrats too much innocence in a lot of things, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> what, what I love when a guest quotes essentially quotes me to myself uh, to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> When a guest goes, oh, Ben, what about all the articles you've been writing for the last three years? Uh, but uh, even Rom, I don't want to go down to a Rom conversation. <laughs> that That's a portal to, but even Rom had to pretend that he believed in financing government. Uh, he had True. to pretend. See, Donald Trump doesn't pretend. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't even pret- all right. Um, well, that's kind of my, my real quick. What I like to say is the difference between Democrats and Republicans is like Democrats know they have to throw regular people a bone, and like Republicans can just clean the whole dish. Absolutely, that's well put. <laughs> or they'll club regular people over the head with a bone. With the bone, right? <laughs> that's what Democrats do in Chicago too. Whenever the Democrat they hit a, they hit the poor people over the head with a bone and go. I'm doing it for you. Boom. Right. <laughs> it's, it's for you. Sell CHA land. It's for you. See, I can't help <laughs> myself, uh, Damien. I'm here trying. I can't I help from pull back, Ben. You're not talking about Chicago politics. <laughs> um, yeah. And so do you think uh, that QAnon profits? Let's like let's say there are a couple people behind the QAnon phenomenon. So mm-hmm. Donald Trump profits. He, I am telling you, Damien, I receive twenty emails an hour from very MAGA outfits uh, from mm-hmm. MAGA people. Look, give money, give money, give money. They are profiting every time the Democrats uh, file a, a suit against Trump. Every time he's assailed or assaulted uh, by leading Democrats. Uh, you know, boom, here comes a fundraising appeal. The yeah. left wants to destroy me. Uh, and then here, give me money. So does the, do the people behind QAnon make money off of this? It doesn't seem like it as far as, I mean, if if it's true that the Watkins are the ones behind it, they don't seem to make too much money off of HN. I mean, it's like minimal thousands of dollars or whatever. Um, but that's not to say that through it, they can't, uh, you know, have other endeavors that they can make money from, you know, it's like, you know, you have a product that you give away, but you make a bunch of money from the other products that people need. Right. Um, and then I don't know who's behind all of the, you know, these, Q flags and all the t-shirts and everything they're wearing at the rallies and everything. And, you know, I know from, uh, from the music business, a lot of people make money just off of merchandise. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's where their bread and butter is, is just selling a million (laughs) t-shirts. Yeah, that could be, uh, that could be it. I, uh, I know, um, for years I knew a guy with a t-shirt salesman. I always bought my t-shirts for him. Uh, he operated out of Oak Reading Green. Uh, and when you said T-shirt, I go, oh, I hope it's Billy. I hope Billy's making the money because he deserves it. The old T-shirt guy. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Q Anon, CIA Anon, FBI Anon, and the emphasis uh, is on the anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. My guess is, and I love to hear you riff on this, that by emphasizing the anonymity of the person responsible for these um, writings, uh, they're in a bizarre way enhancing his credibility or her credibility or their credibility because they're so important. Their real identity uh, cannot uh, be revealed, which is like a twisted way (laughs) Up is down, and down is up. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I understanding this correctly? Why, why the anon part is so important? Oh, totally. I mean, that's that's the, a major part of it. Um, for some reason, the the anonymous part kind of lends credence to the factual nature of it, or the belief that it's factual. Um, you know, well, they can't divulge their name because they're still, you know, in the CIA or they're still doing this. It's, you know, they're risking their lives to bring us the truth. 
Um, and this, you know, if you look at kind of a lot of conspiracy theories as opposed to, uh, or let's say conspiracy, because, you know, some conspiracy theories have been proven true, right? You know, like uh, the MK Ultra mind control program by the CIA, that was true. They admitted to it. Uh, Iran-Contra smuggling cocaine, that's true, right? But there's always something, there's always a whistleblower, and the whistleblower has a name, right? So typically the difference between like the true conspiracy theories and the ones that are kind of fanatical are, are the whistleblower that's named or an anonymous, you know, there, if you look at any conspiracy site, whatever it is, it's always some generic kind of like, Oh, this uh, Nastra astronaut has admitted to seeing aliens on the other side of the moon, you know, but never really names them, you know, whereas if you have, you know, uh, somebody like, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the, uh, not Julian Assange, but the, uh, the whistleblower, uh, the military, uh, whistleblower from the NSA. Oh, who went to prison? Yeah. And then, it, uh, did a, uh, a transition, uh, blanking on the name right now. Um, but go, uh, but so, but there's a person that's a face and I can't see the name, but I know, I, uh, um, yeah. but that, you know, but that's a person, right. That's a person who has been named, who put themselves out there who, to whistleblow and, and, and say that the NSA was spying on people and everything like this. Um, oh, Edward, you know, Edwin Snow. Edward Snow. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the difference, I believe. Yeah. Um, I actually was thinking of a different uh, person, the person who revealed uh, the pictures of torture. Oh, and, yeah. I know uh, you're talking about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just treated abysmally uh, for it. It's an interesting little distinction here between whistleblowers, uh, just the inconsistency. Though I'm always searching for consistency and logic. Uh, mm-hmm. the, this is something I picked up from my father years ago. It's, it, it's a curse. Uh, but uh, so it's just it's such a complete contradiction. Following this, uh, Donald Trump acts like a mobster, a mafia man mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to anybody uh, revealing the, the secrets of his uh, wretched behavior. Uh, and then he treats them as though they betrayed him. Uh, and he could rat, you know, snitch, you know, mm-hmm. all the mobster uh, epithets for somebody who. Uh, reveals the secrets of the crime boss okay that's how he deals with the michael cohen's of the world uh and uh but his movement is based on the notion that there is somebody within the 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 dark state uh who is constantly revealing their secrets Mm -hmm. that person is the subject of worship (laughs) <laughs> that is a perfect that pe- person that people dedicate their lives to. So mm-hmm. if that person who may be totally made up, rats out, snitches, gives away the secrets, exposing the truths that could hurt other people by revealing. It's okay mm-hmm. if that does it. But God forbid Michael Cohen does it. Then he's right. a rat. He's a snitch. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, internal illogic of Everybody in America these days is just always, I think it's part of the dyslexia in me, Damien. Like, like it works in a weird way where I see things <laughs> that it bothers. <laughs> it's inconsistent. Well, I think, though, that part of it is it's, it's, it epitomizes a lot of American culture. I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, the Godfather series or the Sopranos, I mean, we weren't rooting against the Sopranos, right? Like we're rooting for them. We're rooting for these mob bosses, um, you know, and the list goes on and on with these type of, of characters in American society, Al Capone, you know, these different, um, you know, if you watch the untouchables, a lot of people weren't rooting for Elliot Ness. They were rooting for Al Capone, you know, um, he's fighting against the man, you know, like, and I think that Trump, you know, whether he knew what he was doing or not, or he was told to do it that fashion, um, he definitely kind of, uh, you know, encapsulated that, that kind of mob boss 
style. And I think a lot of people like wanted to, you know, or at least his followers would want to root for that because they, this has been built up in American culture to kind of root for these types. Absolutely. And I had to stop watching. I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, There was a show that my wife and I were watching for a while, I forget which network it was on, uh, called Succession. And Succession tells the story of this uh, billionaire mogul, media mogul, who's patterned on Rupert Murdoch and his family, his sons and his daughter. They figure out who will succeed him as the leader of his empire, which is worth billions. Uh, And the show worships, it's like fascism. It worships the wealth of and the power of the people who are absolutely despicable. It worships them, whether they realize it or not, whether the writers were liberals who voted for uh, Hillary Clinton or not, but effectively it worships them. They're Mm -hmm. they're unbeatable. Everybody, like the governmental officials who are supposed to oversee them are weak and pathetic. And that's how it's depicted. And Mm. I'm like, wow, this is kind of a weird worship message that you are sending out. Please don't tell me that the media favors liberals ever again, because this is like (laughs) a show that wins Emmys and gets all this adulation. You get what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's like porn for people who love megalomaniac billionaires and uh, very popular show in America. So I hear you uh, with what you're saying. Let me ask you this one. This is kind of a personal question. Uh, I'll set it up this way. Uh, I have a tendency, I'm going to confess this to you, Damien, uh, <laughs> when I read uh, some outrageous thing that, let's say, uh, uh, Ye, I'm going to call him Ye, uh, yeah, somebody prefers to be called Kanye West, uh, the artist formerly known as Kanye West writes, I will then go into the comment session. I just say, well, let's see what America has to say, okay? And then I read these comments, which are really wild. Uh, and expose a side of America that is frightening um, to a certain degree. Uh, and, I'm, and people who love me and know me go, don't go into the comments. Right. It's, you don't go down that rabbit hole of hate. So mm-hmm. you ever find yourself as you're going through uh, uh, QAnon uh, rants or... Um, writings on uh, 8chan or 4chan or what have you of saying to yourself damien you're going too far you need to get out of this portal are you ever going too far down the rabbit hole oh yeah yeah i mean uh <laughs> it's a story of my life going how far down the rabbit hole but uh i mean i think you can you know th- there's a difference between kind of the comment section rabbit hole and um, just kind of digging through conspiracy theories and the connections between all of them and different people's research on them is a whole different rabbit hole. Uh, you know, but the comment, I think I used to be more like, I think, uh, for a lot of years, but I think I would get more into that when I was uh, a little bit more active on social media, which I'm not as active these days. I mostly just, I post my art and I kind of like, I get off of there. You know, I may scroll here and there a little bit but I try not to like, cause I notice it is when I see, you know, cause I follow a lot of people who do like truly believe in conspiracy theories and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, what we're talking about and I'll like, well, let's see what their friends think, you know, and I'll jump into the comment section and then I'm just like, ah, and then I get the urge to want to comment on it. And, you know, but I, I've gotten a little better at kind of not being reactionary and, and kind of like, okay, well, how can I pose uh, a, a a statement to these people that would help them see something in a different light, as opposed to just like being uh, confrontational. Cause I feel like when you get on these message boards and you get confrontational um, that's when it's, you know, you're going to lose them immediately. Right. So I've learned in a little, little way, like to get a little better at kind of like, yeah, well, you know, kind of like you pose a question to them, like, well, that might be true, but what if, you know, <laughs> this is really this. Um, but, you know, I think part of it, though, is that, like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of, well, you know, what I was talking to you on the phone last night, and I was saying a lot of what conspiracy theories do, it's like a shell game, you know, they're distracting people from looking at 
the real ills of the world, right? Because we know that you don't need to have an Illuminati running the world to know that there is a bunch of evil rich people running the world. And then and like, that's just a fact. There's oligarchs, there's corporatists, um, and these people pay off, you know, uh, think tanks and even scientists, whatever. If you look at like, um, let's just take climate change really quick and you have the Cato Institute and they fund other think tanks that are climate change denier um, think tanks, right? Who fund, who created the Cato Institute? The Koch brothers. The Koch brothers are uh, the 12th, the biggest polluter in the world. Right. Um, they pay off these scientists to say, you know, climate change isn't real. You know, there's geologists who get paid off by mining companies to say the same thing. So there is conspiracies in the world and but they're a lot easier to see and to find and to name the names. You can find the names of who these people really are. Um, but on the flip side, it's 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 people's like drawn to no there's reptilians underneath the ground running the world yeah because <laughs> it's just so it's so much more fantastical you know it, it feeds into our, our our love of sci-fi or religion or whatever it is uh so how far do you think this is going to go in terms of uh republican politics and american politics where the threshold of the midterm election where it looks as though uh the republicans will seize control uh, of the house and uh, if that's the case marjorie taylor green who has uh, been an advocate of QAnon uh conspiracies will be a chair a committee uh will have budget control will have far more policy control than she has now right now uh she is more or less i don't know a spokesperson a mouthpiece if you will uh, but she'll be seated in the seat of power how far will this go in your humble opinion oh it's uh probably just gonna get crazier and crazier um with you know the thing is is that like i said this is it, it, these are reiterations of things that have been happening for the last you know a couple hundred years i mean um there was even you know the, the whole thing with the illuminati you know, there was a real Illuminati. It started in 1776 in Bavaria by Adam Weishaupt, but it was supposed to be a uh, an enlightenment. You know, they were all about uh, scientific intellectualism, uh, freedom of thought, stuff like this. But the uh, Bavarian uh, king or all, or uh, yeah, I believe it's the king. I don't know. That part I'm not sure about, but the church as well were very anti the Illuminati and had them disbanded. Um, but then even you take it into the U.S. at that time, there were these evangelical uh, preachers who were going around saying that, oh, well, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, they're part of the Illuminati. And this is a, the, the whole reason that America was founded is to establish this satanic state, right? Um, and then you go on into the early 1900s with the, you know, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion and that book, you know, which was created as Russian propaganda, people believe. Um, but that's utilized. Even supposedly Hitler was very influenced off of that book. Um, then you go into the 60s with the John Birch Society. Then you go into the 80s with the Satanic Panic. And then you go into the 90s with uh, Behold the Pale Horse, an anarchist cookbook. Um, you go into the early 2000s with the documentary Zeitgeist. And then now you have QAnon. And they kind of go from left to right sometimes. Sometimes they meet in the middle. Um, but now with these you know, politicians like... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Boebert and Trump believing these things. Um, it's There's a psychological term called hyper-reality and believe that we are pretty much living in a, in a time of hyper-reality where uh, the reality that exists is different from what a lot of people perceive it as. And the hyper-reality is, is, can be... Uh, a lot of it is utilized through technology, right? So there's all these people who follow QAnon and Trump and everything really believe this is the reality that they're living in, but they're actually living in a hyper-reality. And um, with the emergence of deep fake technology and, you know, the ability to, to uh, imitate people's linguistics and voices and faces, yeah. 
you know, who knows where it could go because people could be watching, you know, news programs and interviews with people that aren't even real. <laughs> I mean, right now we don't, you know, the deep fake stuff is kind of just fun stuff on YouTube, but who knows where it could go, especially with these, you know, like Newsmax and uh, OAN and these different kind of like fringy right wing. Um, uh, I don't want to call them news sources, but, you know, whatever they are. Um, who knows? I, I wouldn't see it as beyond them, even Fox News, to you do like a deep fake interview. Oh my goodness! I mean, uh, listen, we haven't we don't have time to do uh, the A drop. Maybe we'll do that in another show uh, mm-hmm. to, to study the uh, uh, the the wisdom. I have that in quotes of is uh, <laughs> formerly known as Kanye West, uh, but he um, is promoting a certain worldview uh, in his rants uh, right now or in his uh, comments right now. And Fox, when they aired it, they were selective in what they put out Mm -hmm. Uh, in the interview with Tucker Carlson. uh, He did two interviews uh, that generated a lot of criticism and fear. Uh, One was with Tucker Carlson and the other was with a a podcast that's hosted by some rapsters, uh, people in the rap industry. And the the rap ones just said, uh, we're letting you go. And they three hour, I think it was a three hour interview that they dropped with Kanye, mm-hmm. just letting them go. All right. Tucker Carlson and Fox cut his interview and they mm-hmm. selected and they cut out the virulent anti-Jewish attitudes that he offered. And we get in the whole discussion why they did that. And they accentuated, or they put on uh, his anti-black uh, attitudes, like with the, defending the White Lives Matter t-shirt, uh, et cetera, and so forth. It was very much a political decision by Fox. So that's the first step toward what mm-hmm. you're talking about, in my humble opinion, um, where it's a, like a fake interview. If you did yeah. not people what he is saying because you don't want to offend a part of your audience and hurt you politically uh and you just accentuate one part of what you say what he says uh then you're i mean you're uh you're subverting his message his overall message uh and And catering uh, to your own base too you know yeah, you to the place that they want. You know, they, they don't want to alienate Jewish voters, Jewish right. voters as they head into the midterms. They don't care about alienating uh, black voters. They feel right. gin, gin up their base of anti-black voters, uh, and furthermore, he protects them. And I have shields them. I have this in quotes from accusations of racism because he is a black man himself. Mm-hmm. So let's run this. But if you put yep. like his anti-Jewish rantings on there, it would be like, oh my God, he hates Jews as much as he hates black people. And yeah. that would be his easy uh, thing to sell to the public. So we'll cut that out. Even if Tucker Carlson believes with everything he said about the Jews. You follow what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So it's so cynical and so depraved and so twisted. <laughs> It's called, and now somehow or other they call themselves journalists, Damien. We began yeah. talking about the, the, my beloved reader back in the 70s and its idealisms of alternative journalism. Like, this is not journalism. This is mm-hmm. propaganda. Well, and Tucker Carlson is a member of the Cato Institute and gets money from them as well. And you know, I already talked about who funds them. So they all you know they're all like there's money flowing behind the scenes you know that's that's what you know that's i get into the shell game again but that's that's it you know you got like just that aspect thing of tucker carlson and all the uh the you know the propaganda that he you know spews and then it's like well you know uh he's actually being paid off by the coke brothers and other and who knows who else right um you know there's there was a you can look it up on youtube there was a couple of guys that uh brought him on to interview him um and i i guess he didn't really know who they were and they just started like <laughs> exposing how much money he gets from the cato institute and all this and this and that and then he got like so furious started swearing i'm up you guys never come up here again. <laughs> did he walk off did he did he scare it you? was on the phone or zoom or whatever but yeah he basically hung up or whatever yeah you know? well um all right, very good, uh, Damien. And uh, we didn't even get to talk about your artwork. Uh, graffiti artist extraordinaire. Uh, 
you have this um, this one mural, which I just think is fantastic. We share a love for avocados. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is no conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. That's yep. the truth. <laughs> we love avocado. In fact, when I'm done with <laughs> Remember in the old days? You don't remember WCPT? Oh, I said it. Ah! <laughs> After every show, I would have my uh, lunch. It was always an avocado and cheese. Yep. Sandwich. Remember that? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Just studio. Uh, I put avocado in anything, man. And that would be you know, cool. even you ever had an avocado? I know we got to go, but like the avocado, like uh, smoothie, like from a bubble tea shop. No, man, get yourself one. They're really good. All right, so give folks uh, where they tell folks where they can see. Uh, I, I raised the topic of avocado because you have a brilliant representation of an avocado yep. uh, in a mural that uh, you created. Tell folks where they can see it. Uh, you can check out any of my art on Instagram at D M N O L O G Y. That's Demon or Damienology. Um, and if you look up that same name online, you'll find plenty of my photos and my pictures. Uh, that mural is at the uh, Greater Lawn uh, Mental Health Care Facility on, I think it's 63rd off of uh, Pulaski. And yeah, and you can check out my radio show, Think Theory Radio, and just Google that. You will find all the podcasts and links to the live version as well. All right. Very good. David, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I have to back more often because it's fascinating stuff. Uh, yeah, bring. I'm down anytime, man. You let me know. All right. Very good. That's Damien Purdue. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.